0: This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Creative QT, empowering parents and encouraging a culture of families to make time together. This is Homeschooling in Real Life.
1: Welcome to the Homeschooling in
2: Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life.
1: Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We're back. <laughs> well, I <know. laughs> Not really back. That's creepy. That's know, Poltergeist. Creepy. Did.
0: They're back. Hey, we, uh, we said we were going to be gone. What happened?
1: Well, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about an amazing week we had, speaking with hundreds of homeschoolers at Sandy Cove Ministries. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. But we also were contacted um, to do a really, what we feel is... One of those interviews that's so important to the hurler world, those who listen to homeschooling in real life, because uh, this is just right up our alley.
0: Yeah, we got a call from a publicist for uh, Josh Harris, and not his publicist, uh, but one of his assistants. Mm-hmm. We had reached out to Josh about a year ago uh, about a story, and we're going to talk more about this later, but a story that had kind of blown up uh, the Twitter sphere and mm-hmm. um, kind of the local, not the local, but the... The internet news services, and so I, I said, "Hey, we need to talk about this." And this was a year ago, before we were even thinking right of ending our podcast. And at the time, we got a message back from one of his assistants that said, "You know, Josh just isn't in a position to be talking about this now." Mm-hmm. So we kind of forgot about it, and then <laughs> totally forgot. After about we it. finished our show, we got a call last week, and they said, "Hey, would you like to interview Josh?" And we're like, "We've got one more in us," <laughs> so here we are. We're sitting down to do that. So. Before we get there, let's talk about camp. We went out to Maryland. We
1: did, which is pretty much exactly the opposite side of the country from where we are. Um, And just did not know how our message of hope shifting and living in the gospel and um, not creating idols out of the good things that God has given us as tools, um, we didn't know how that would go over with that crowd. Uh, And what we found... Is that we were in company with hundreds of other hope shifters.
0: Yes, hope shifters, (laughs) people that just like to shift their hopes. Yeah,
1: we were just all in cahoots. What a week.
0: I just want to say if you're a homeschooling family and you're anywhere near the East Coast, if you're anywhere near Maryland, and this is Northeast Maryland, up. Mm -hmm. Kind of on the, the border there of Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Sure.
1: There were a lot of New Yorkers um, and New Jersey, what do you say? New Jerseyans, New Jersey, New Jerseyoids. You don't even
0: say it like that. <laughs> no, New Joysies. New Jersey. They're from New Jersey. Anyhow, okay. that's a horrible accent. Yeah, I so know. I'm just telling you folks, um, we found not only our people, but we found a great camp for the week. Uh, you know, one of our concerns was taking Mighty Joe with us, our little special needs nine year old. And I'd say two days in, we just realized that this camp has done something special. They have accepted in uh, special needs kids in a great
1: way. Yeah, and this was not a, a camp week that was specific to uh, families with with kids with special needs at all. Yeah, but it was evident that, like you said, like that, I think with that first day, even it was just evident they were doing something right because they've created an atmosphere in which these families felt. Absolutely comfortable. There yeah. were kids zipping up and down those hallways in wheelchairs. Yeah. <laughs> like they'd never seen this kind of freedom before in their yeah, lives. Right. And nobody batted an eyelash. It was yeah. just lovely.
0: Safe. Um, yeah. Clean. Uh, everything about camp that should be good was good. Mm-hmm. The food, the environment, mm-hmm. the lodging, uh, the staff, the the director, the, the president of Sandy Cove. Everyone um, welcomed us in with just love and grace yeah and then we had the chance to speak four times um and again it was homeschool week so this was not homeschooling camp
1: Mm-mm.
0: it was family camp for homeschoolers right and man we met some, some great of which people
1: came to us and said we actually don't homeschool yeah that we and came so if you. you're a listener <laughs> so to awesome.
0: the homeschooling real life podcast and you were there with us thank you so much for welcoming us we had a great time we did and we would love to go back multiple times um, we will to Sandy Cove. So. I don't know if we can say enough about it, but we're going to put a link in the show notes. So we just want you to click right over Mm -hmm. and find out how you can book your week next year. You
1: really want to do this. And I know it can feel like it's cost prohibitive to some families, but they really have a lot of options. So you can camp, you can uh, come in for the day, you know, all of these things that will make it work for you. They even have scholarships for military families and single parents.
0: So that is that. Um, we are back home enjoying our summer. We're enjoying Fletcher summer. Uh, back at home and and really just having a great time with kids and enjoying the back porch and all those things we love to do and we are not coming back to this podcast <laughs> we we had one more in us uh we're gonna have a goodbye show next week you get to tune in some of you have been waiting for it <laughs> we had just been slow on the on the recording but we're gonna get that done and we're gonna record a final show and then the homeschooling in real life team will retire and yeah, so you've been waiting for that episode, but we have just been behind the eight ball.
1: Well, and we've had some surprises jump into our home last weekend. Uh, we got a, a call from Hal and Melanie Young, who've been um, guests on our podcast before, and said, hey, we have a little emergency situation with our son. He's in California, needs a place to stay. So we went and picked him up from the train station and uh, got to spend the weekend with their oldest son as well. And, you know, these are just cool connections and yeah. fun things we've Hal and Melanie we've from making- to do
0: biblical family life practical the podcast on this network right so if you if you're not a listener of theirs you need to head over i just was listening to their podcast this morning as a matter of fact so yeah is that enough fluff i think it's enough fluff all right let's wrap it up Super excited to be behind the scenes uh, with one of the founders of Creative QT. Uh, I have Adam Hinkle on the phone. Adam, can you tell me a little bit about your company and why you guys started it? Yeah. So
3: we started in late 2015, pretty much the end of 2015 is when we uh, kicked it off. And we kind of backed into this one, but it actually worked out really well that um, we were filling our own pain points. We were kind of dealing with kid clutter, so we kind of came up with the three rules for how we uh, develop products. Uh, And in general, if we're gonna develop a product it has gotta solve one of three problems, and they're all centered around time. Uh, It's either gotta help parents and kids spend less time cleaning up, or have creative ways to clean up, uh, help help resolve the clutter issue. Uh, Number two, we're we're trying to get parents and kids a little more involved, um, so that parents are kind of engaging the kids, and that's where we get into kind of DIY projects, uh, things that parents can do with the kids, or or make for their kids. Uh, And three, um, just in general, we want the time kids spend playing to uh, be enriching time. So we're looking for how can we encourage creative play, imagination-based play. Uh, So those are the three things we decided we were going to focus on. How can we help families in general use their time better?
0: Folks, I love to do these behind-the-scenes interviews because you get to meet the people behind the product. Uh, I was getting ready to ask Adam if he was a true... Uh, dad and family man. And while we're doing this interview, um, can you explain what's sitting on your lap, Adam?
3: <laughs> yep, I've got our, our, our fourth kid, fourth out of five. Um, she wanders into my little home office. Uh, and I've got, oh, here comes mom. <laughs> mom mom's rescuing the Sorry. interview. <laughs> Folks, when
0: we talk about these products, and you know how much uh, Kendra and I love uh, the Creative QT line, real family, real people making real solutions uh, to what we are doing as families. So, Adam, thanks for taking the time just to give us a little peek behind the curtain.
3: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Creative QT, once again, just knocking it out of the park with products that your typical family will love. Go to creativeqt.net. That's creativeqt.net. Use our code IRL10 and you'll get 10% off any order. All right, Kendra. So we we're talking at the top of the show about how we were pulled back in for one more episode. Um, <laughs> last week, I was driving around Modesto, and I got an email that came in uh, from an assistant to Josh Harris saying that Josh was interested in going on our podcast and, and would we be willing to have him on. And I remember that a year ago, we had uh, put out an inquiry saying, I wonder if he'd be willing to talk to us about the I Kiss Dating Goodbye book that he wrote and the fallout since then and some of the discussions that were taking place uh, on NPR, on the Washington Post, uh, on Slate. And I was so excited that they had reached out to us. And here I was sitting in the car saying, but we're done <laughs> with <laughs> right. our podcast. So I texted you and said, do you have do you have one more in you? And I think as quick as you could text me back, you said, of course, we need to have this discussion.
1: Yeah, we do. And I think it's important to our listeners. I think it's important to the greater community that we talk about this because we are all either approaching this or we are coming out of this. we in, in fact, the middle of it. <laughs> I just got a text from a friend who um, is part of that age group that was, was you know full on, full into it when she was a teenager um, and just about how it's affected her life as a young woman.
0: Yeah, so we're going to waste no time. Let's get right into this interview with Josh Harris.
1: I
2: used to think when I was younger I questioned everything that didn't have an answer
1: We are here with Joshua Harris, author of I Kissed Dating Goodbye, which was an extremely popular book. Uh, continues to be an extremely popular book and really shaped a lot of Uh, the thinking in the Christian church and and in homeschool circles about dating and courtship and relationships. And we are so excited to have Joshua with us today talking about where he feels that is now, kind of where that's led um, the Christian community, uh, what what his thoughts are now as a a guy 20 years later, um, having written that book in his 20s. And uh, we're just really looking forward to this conversation. So welcome, Joshua Harris.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being online with us. Hey, uh we want to get started uh just kind of right off the bat with our listeners getting to know what is your connection uh to homeschooling? I mean, you you have a little bit of a history with the homeschooling movement, but what was that?
2: Well, homeschooling has been a huge part of my story. I was homeschooled my my whole life, all the way through high school, and my family was very involved in the early days of the homeschool movement in the States. So I started homeschooling back when it was uh slightly illegal and we kinda had to hide what we were doing and nobody certain certain uh curriculum companies back then wouldn't give the uh answer guides to homeschool families. So my mom had to do all the, the math questions herself to to get the answers, those kinds of those kinds of things. And my dad was a big uh, homeschool teacher and uh, advocate, and so he traveled across the country teaching uh, the homeschooling workshop. His name is Greg Harris, and uh, he really was a trailblazer in many ways, uh, calling, you know, parents to be the biggest influence in their kids' lives, and so I I just, uh, I grew up with homeschooling being the the culture and the kind of shaping community for me, And um, then when I was in in high school, I used to travel around to homeschool book fairs with my dad and man the tables and and sell the books that he published and eventually got into publishing a magazine for homeschool teens myself and doing conferences. So it was all a massive part of uh, what led me into writing.
0: Wow, bushwhacking family of homeschoolers, Kendra.
1: Yes, I well recall those <clears throat> you early you years. You remember back then? That's, Absolutely. That's like when
0: we got started.
1: Yeah, and in fact, I do remember listening to quite a lot of your mom's recordings too, Joshua. So there was some yeah. influence on our family in that. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, good stuff.
0: So, uh, how about now? Are you still involved in the homeschooling world at all? Is you've you've grown up? You're married, have kids of your own, or is that something you're still involved in? <laughs>
2: You know, we homeschooled our oldest all the way up to uh, grade seven, and uh, then we put her and her siblings, we've got three kids, uh, into a private school, and then we moved to Canada a few years ago, and now they're in public schools. We have two in public and one in private. So I feel, even before that, even when we were homeschooling, I feel somewhat disconnected from the homeschool movement and community. I have many dear friends. Uh, that are, that are still a part of, of that. But I, in many ways, I feel like it's, uh, I'm a few steps removed.
0: So we're talking about your book, uh, 20 years ago, you wrote, I kissed dating goodbye. Um, can you kind of bring us kind of, uh, anchor us in time as to when, why you wrote that book or what was going on at the time?
2: Sure. Well, part of my journey right now is is going back and evaluating reevaluating the content of that book and the message of that book and I've really tried to uh get a bigger picture perspective in thinking about what was shaping me at the time. So I've been thinking about about this a lot. Uh this was in 1996 uh that I was writing the book. I was 21 years old. It was released in 97. Um I was at a place in my own life where I was in a sense for the first time listening to the things my parents had been telling me about the problems with modern dating and you know they had they had uh, forced me to read Elizabeth Elliott's book Passion and Purity which I just thought was Completely bunk. I ignored it. And, <laughs> and, and
0: um, man, my mother-in-law and, gave that book to me when we started dating. So is that right? <laughs> oh
2: yeah, that was like the that was the the classic book to give to people who had any romantic you know inclination at all. Um, I love Elizabeth Elliot, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of hers. But I basically you know. Dated different girls in high school. Did things behind my parents' back. Even though I was homeschooled, I found a way to find girls, <laughs> and um, and so when I was seventeen, I came to this place where I I was really wanting to pursue my relationship with God, and the whole area of romance and dating was like the the, the place of compromise where I with that was holding me back. And so when I when I broke up with this girl, I felt a lot of regret. I felt. Um, that I had hurt her, that I had compromised her purity, we were still virgins, but we had you know gotten as close to that line as we could, and um I really began to ask questions about what does it mean to honor God in romance, what does it mean to use your singleness in a good way, what does it mean to live a pure life and love others sincerely and and so then I also began to listen to conversation that had been happening among parents in the homeschool community in pretty significant ways, and I thought a lot of that was freaky because they were talking about betrothal and <laughs> you know courtship was the big thing and so on, but I was publishing this magazine for homeschool teens, and I, I wrote an article called Dating versus Courtship, and there was a huge response, and I think part of that was all these students and parents were excited that a younger person was talking about this stuff. And then I I was traveling around giving talks at homeschool curriculum fairs, and uh, I gave a talk down in Arlington, Texas, I think it was, um, and I called it I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And the response was massive, you know. Parents were so excited that a young person was saying the stuff they were thinking. And this was the late 90s, you know, so, um, you know, AIDS was still this, you know, there was a lot of fear around that there was a sense that you know mtv was corrupting the youth and sexuality was being you know pressed on kids and in the church huge focus on abstinence saving sex for marriage the true love waits campaign yeah. in our group we had stickers i'm worth waiting for so all of that was in the backdrop for me and i was basically saying you know what if we want to save sex for marriage we need to do more than just like be in these intense dating relationships and then stop, you know, before intercourse at the last second, we should be backing this way up. And, um, in a sense, I sort of translated a lot of the courtship content and things that were being talked about in the subculture of homeschooling. And I wrote, I kissed and goodbye, which sort of tipped over into the broader Christian culture. I had no idea it was going to be the success it was, but I was very, you know, it really. I was, I was wanting to do something big for God and challenge my generation to uh, serve God with all their heart and not compromise. And there's a lot of that that I, I love and I think was, was good. But now, 20 years later, I'm also seeing some of the downsides of the way in which I presented that and the content of it.
1: So, Josh, recently uh, your book has been brought back up in the news. I'm seeing it popping up uh, in an NPR interview um, and in other places online. So, can you walk us through that story and kind of what's going on now uh, in the media?
2: Yeah, well, I think that part of what's taking place is that 20 years after the book was written, the implications of it and the fruit to use a Christianese phrase, the fruit of the book is more readily apparent. And I think um, my book was not the only thing that was shaping the conversation. It just happened to be sort of the the catchy title that people remember and obviously it, it sold, you know, a lot. And so people were influenced by it in different ways. But it sort of encapsulates what a lot of people are talking about related to how evangelicals approached sexuality dating and relationships. And a lot of the kids that grew up in that, um, trying to practice it or having it forced on them by their parents or whatever it might be, or even just knowing other people that were into it, are looking back and they're processing their life and they're saying either this was really good or man, this was really messed up and messed me up in different ways. And so for the past, I don't know how many years, I mean, people have been writing things online and obviously the internet has given all of us a, a voice in different ways to connect with other people and to share experiences and so on. So I was aware of criticism um I in many ways I kind of wanted to distance myself from those books because it's like I'm a pastor, I'm not I'm not just about, you know, dating. I don't, that's a book I read a long time ago and it was easy for me to in a sense, kind of write criticism off as, well, those are the haters. Those are the people that, you know, don't like my stuff, but look at all these other people that are really positive about it. And um, essentially um, I went through things in my own church. I saw implications of church cultures that are not really rooted in grace. I saw hurt that was caused by that, that I contributed to as a leader And I sought to, with fellow elders, address some of those things and apologize for some of those things. And that was really the beginning point of me saying, wow, maybe my books are actually a part of this negative, you know, culture as well. Um, And then two years ago, I stepped down from being a pastor to go to graduate school, uh, graduate school of theology here in uh, Vancouver, B.C., And I think getting out of the weight of being um, a leader and just being a student and just being in a different space gave me a willingness to dialogue and to listen to people who were sharing their stories. So part of the, I mean, this is a long answer, Kendra, (laughs) to your question, but part of what happened, you know, last year and the past year is that I began to engage people and interact with them on Twitter and other contexts. And people picked that up and started saying, wow, Josh Harris is apologizing, which at that point, I wasn't even sure I was apologizing. I was just trying to engage other human beings and in honest conversations. And so over that period of time, I began a process of publicly inviting people to share their stories on my website, and have been trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I, both process this personally and then appropriately share where my thinking has changed, if I still agree with everything in my book, if I disagree. And so um, that's been the journey. And where it's, it's led to is this idea of doing a documentary to, to capture that. So that's kind of why it's, it's a discussion right now.
0: Now, it seems like uh, in the blogosphere that we've been following for the last year, because I think that's the first time I picked up on this story, there's this one question that, like, the maybe the uber conservative homeschool crowd keeps saying. They're like, "Is is Josh Harris going to disavow everything he wrote in that book?" Um, right. Do you do you have a you know like kind of a response to these uh, you know super critics that are out there?
2: Well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, honestly, this whole endeavor is one that I still. Um, it find terrifying because no matter what I do, I'm gonna upset <laughs> I'm gonna upset people, which is not it's not my nature to do. So I'm having to die to my uh natural inclination to want to make everybody happy. Um the critics are coming from different directions. You know, there are people who are really upset by the thought that I would um you know disagree with anything in the book. And then there are others that are you know, already saying, you're probably not going to disavow as much as you should, or you're not going to apologize for as much as you should. So I really feel like, um, I mean, I, I'm already seeing things as I interact with people and interact with different writers and teachers and, and, and just Christian thinkers. I'm going back through my own book, and I'm, And there, you know, it's a, it's a complex thing. I think everybody wants a simple answer. And for me, part of the reason that we're capturing this in documentary is because I think that this discussion is bigger than my book. I think it has to do with the way Christians approach different parts of the Christian life and ways in which we want things to be black and white and Mm -hmm. simple. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing this in an attempt to try to get people to think about that bigger picture and to recognize that there can be a danger when we, when we want things to be as simple as it was the best book ever. It was the worst book ever. You know, it's one of those two. And so I I don't know exactly how I'm going to land. Honestly, I don't know exactly how I'm going to express that. I'm not going to try to make everybody happy, but I want to try to be honest about, um, what is both good and bad in the book. And um, I'm hoping that that honesty and also just my own processing of being able to shift in your thinking. A, a lot of people don't want me to, to do that.
0: That That's actually, Josh, what I think got a lot of people into trouble to begin with is they took that book and took what you wrote as a black and white to begin with. You know, They wanted it to be, hey, we have a recipe here. Um, we no longer have to think through this let's just apply this to our family and shut down conversation, shut down discussion and just move forward. And, and I guess um asking for a black and white response at this point is just as silly as putting that on the book to begin with.
2: Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that that's a really, a really good point. And I would put myself in that, in that group of people that has wanted that because it's, it feels safe. It feels simple. Um, you know, that was part of the, one of the things we realized as a church, we'd done that in a lot of different areas. And and one of the things we apologized for was reducing a principle to one practice. And so, for example, the principle of, you know, train up your children in the way they should go and and teach them to love and fear the Lord, that principle gets reduced to homeschool your kids.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Now I'm a big fan of homeschooling. I think homeschooling is a wonderful option But the truth is, it's not always the best option for every family or even for every child in every family. Um, And so, you know, you reduce that principle to a practice and people feel like this is what it means to be godly. And that can be very, very damaging. And you can do the same thing in uh, in regards to dating and and romance.
1: I feel like in general... This is what we do as humans. We take, (laughs) you know, we take a book, we take a pastor, we take... Oh, goodness, anything. Um, And and suddenly we take that idea or what they said or what they wrote, and this is gospel truth. And, I mean, I've seen this in my own um, speaking to homeschoolers on really, really silly things, like, you know, women that will approach me afterwards and say, well, you said you don't fold socks in your home anymore, so I stopped folding socks. And I think, oh, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Like, right now, how did that become a thing? Like, that's what you pulled out of what I said. And so, you know, we do these silly things where we kind of we hang these, you know, these, these nails in our homes. And like, this is what we're going to just hang everything on. And, um, and we do this just in general, but I think somehow in the homeschool movement, Um, we've seen sort of like an intensely concentrated microcosm of that kind of behavior. Um, and yeah, it is super interesting. And I I don't, I've, you know, I have different theories as to why that is. And I think, you know, people who choose to homeschool are already a bit headstrong. So, you know, it's maybe easier. I'm curious,
2: what would you, would you fill that out? Like what, what is your theory about that? Why is that?
1: Uh, We don't play well with others. We don't play well. We play well with others. No, we do. Yeah, yeah. No, um, (laughs) honestly, Joshua, I mean, I think this is a huge, you know, much bigger discussion. But I know for us, I always say it was the Siamese twins of pride and fear. Exactly. And so, you know, there was this fear in raising these kids. And and we had both been believers growing up um, in Christian homes. But there was sort of this like... (gasps) If I don't do this thing correctly, if I don't grow kids God's way, if I don't, you know,
0: if I don't kiss dating. Goodbye. If I don't kiss dating. If don't, goodbye.
1: You know, if I don't fill in the gap. Right. Then well, it's
0: what essential oils. Oh man. Did I say
1: it again? And I am just going to offend. more. Oh my gosh. You just listeners. lost her. just lost a sponsor. I don't think we've ever said Plexus. I think you could throw that in there too. Maybe. I don't know. No, we just lost everybody else. Um, but you know, that, that's it. There's this fear of like, I've got to do this right. And it, and that, it's just that lovely idolatry and, and, you know, law keeping we like to do like, gosh, if I do this, then God will respond to me in a positive way because I'm keeping his commands the way that, you know, I think I'm going, I can do that. And, and it feeds this fear of not doing things right or messing our kids up or, or, but you know in partnership with pride that says um i'm doing it right i've got this sewn up I, my theology is the correct theology um we we're homeschooling this method because it is the right way we family um, integrate we family <laughs> whatever the list is you know yeah. no. um but i just think that it's it's just interesting to sort of see in the, within this homeschool community really a concentration of that kind of behavior that I think goes on all over Christendom.
0: And then when it doesn't work out, you know, when, when you do the courtship model and at the Mm -hmm. end of the engagement, it blows up and Mm -hmm. two families are left bleeding, right? uh, People's, we, we keep, we see kids who are then off the rails. They walk as far away from God, as far away. I mean, talk Mm -hmm. about, they're going to walk from homeschooling immediately but they're going to walk from God, from their family, and everything else along the way. So, right. you know that's and and thus the nucleus of why we start homeschooling IRL because we've seen enough of these shipwrecked families. But hey, let's take a break really quick and then uh, come back and we'll continue kind of where we are now twenty years later. Uh, you all know how much uh, I've confessed on this podcast that I don't love to read. Well, I want to take just a quick moment to tell you about. Two great new books that I've read that I loved that I think you should read as well. The first is Kendra's Lost and Found. If you want to hear the story behind the story, you know, behind the podcast, and hear just what happened in the life of Fletch and Kendra that took us from a life trapped in religion to where we were lost uh, to a life of the gospel, where we were found, where we woke up from gospel and you need to pick up her book, Lost and Found. You can find that over at KendraFletcher.com. Hey, she doesn't know that I'm plugging this book, so let's not tell her. Uh, The second book is one we talked about last week with uh, Barrett Johnson, It's The Young Man's Guide to Awesomeness. It'll be coming out in the middle of May 2017. Uh, You need to head on over to infoforfamilies.com. It's a great book that talks to boys about purity. Uh, It talks to them about positive relationships. And it encourages them to get off their butts and stop playing video games and to go out there and do something awesome. So uh, those two books, uh, Kendra's book and Barrett's book, uh, they are my recommendations uh, for the month. You need to get out there and get them. Thanks. All right, so we are online uh, with Josh Harris, um, author from a book called I Kissed Dating Goodbye 20 years ago. That's what we're talking about on this episode. We're really talking about kind of the current reaction uh, to this book from 20 years ago. And we've, we've kind of gone through, you know, why you wrote it, Josh, and, and kind of right. what the purpose was back then, and then this um, kind of a resurgence of talking again about it and maybe getting a little more retrospective and saying, you know, just what can we pull forward and what should we leave behind? And in the meantime, you have been alluding to the fact that you're making a documentary. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about kind of what's going on there? How did that get started?
2: Yeah, well, I uh, am at Regent College and several of the classes and one of the professors that I work with is a guy who produced documentaries for the BBC before he came and started teaching at Regent. And so I was involved in a documentary that he was making and met other students that uh, really love film as a medium of communication and storytelling, and one of the one of the fellow students, a girl named Jessica uh, Vander Weingard, um, had grown up being heavily influenced by my book. She was basically a huge fan of I Kiss Dating Goodbye and tried to do everything perfectly from I Kiss Dating Goodbye. <laughs> and now she's a 28 year old single woman, and she's saying, you know what? Prince Charming never showed up, you know the promises of this didn't work out, and had her own journey and kind of crisis of faith and wanted to talk about that and felt like the church wasn't talking honestly enough about the environment um that singles experienced wasn't processing well the last you know twenty plus years of our approach to discussing these things and so, as we began to talk about this um, in a sense, we sort of just uh we matched matched up in terms of goals, and I had been looking for a way to kind of um, share my own journey of of changing my thinking. I, I felt like I needed to write something. I wasn't sure the best way to do that, and so we um, we decided to to make this documentary together. And right now, we're trying to raise the money needed to produce it. Our goal of using uh, Kickstarter crowdfunding is that we want to be able to give it away, you know. We we I thought about writing a book that would be published or, you know, just putting something online and we felt like, you know, we want we want this to be more than just Josh talking. We want this to be other people sharing their stories. We wanted to be able to highlight other voices that are thinking really clearly about this. And so the documentary is the the way we're trying to do that, and we want to be able to give it away completely. So we're asking people to, if they believe in that that vision, to uh, help us help us make it.
0: Well, we believe in that vision. So how do we get our listeners there? How what you know, we'll put it in our show notes. But while you have a sure. chance, why don't you tell us where to go so, and uh, how to plug in? Yeah,
2: we have a we have a website which is I Survived, I K D G. So the title of the documentary is I Survived I Kissed Dating Goodbye. So if people go to i survived isurvivedikdg.com uh, or to my website, which is joshharris.com, they can uh, find information about the, the Kickstarter and watch more about that, read more about it, see our budget and, and everything. And uh, if they want to, contribute to make it possible. It's a it's a really strange moment because partly what you described earlier, it's like half the people are saying, well, wait a second we're not sure that we like the idea of you self-critiquing your own book <laughs> and the other half is saying wait a second we don't sure we're not sure you're really going to apologize and um so i'm i'm not sure that many people will kind of catch the vision for this because everybody just wants someone to 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 reinforce what they already think about everything but um i think that there are people out there i think there's a tribe out there that says you know what it's good for us to talk honestly about where Christians and Christian authors and ideas can get off course it 's good for us to talk about how you know our bandwagons and movements uh, can can sometimes get us swept up in a direction that 's not actually healthy it 's good for us to have honest dialogue between parents and kids to say, "Hey, you know what we were trying our best to raise you and do the right thing, but what was that experience like for you and and where did that actually hurt you and so the, the real passion that I have behind this more than anything else is I've just seen so many people completely walk away from faith because of these practices and cultural issues, Christian culture issues, that really are not about the central message of the gospel, which is being saved by grace alone through faith alone and Jesus alone. Um, And I realized that my book is another example of something that became the point for a lot of people. And they're disillusioned in some cases and hurt, and they feel like God let them down. And so if I can try to process that humbly and talk about where I was off, I'm hoping that they will be able to see that that God hasn't changed and um that that they shouldn't walk away from him.
0: You know, you're talking about a tribe and uh you you're you're gonna have that in our listeners. I mean homeschooling and life, homeschooling and real life listeners. We call them hurlers. And uh <laughs> we've told the hurlers that we were done talking. We we felt that we had said everything there was to say to homeschoolers, and uh in fact they've been listening to these last couple episodes knowing that we were wrapped up and uh just the fact that we've brought you back on josh to talk about this this is our tribe i mean this is the tribe that says right you know um it's not methods that save homeschooling will not save your kids um Mm -hmm. and so just hearing what you said right there that that is our audience they they love Mm. to kind of go back in and say you know is this, I mean, should this be what we're doing? You know, can we revisit this? And more importantly, can we go in and have these hard conversations? Um, right. We talk a lot about living as loved on this podcast. Like, do you, do you know how secure you are in, in God's love as a parent so that you can have these conversations with your adult kids or, you know, maybe your, your high teenage kids and be willing to even accept some criticism? About yeah. you know mm-hmm. some choices. I mm-hmm. mean, we we've had our kids on several times to talk about
1: sex they're, and they're courtship. They're extremely candid oh, about where we failed. <laughs> they
0: love to throw us under the bus on this podcast. I'm and
1: sure our, they do. And My our listeners love,
0: love to hear mm-hmm. that. They love and they love to hear us humbly accept it and then s- turn around and say, "Okay, let's have the conversation." So I, I have a, a, just one more question for you, and that's this: Has the church gotten any better about talking about? love sex dating relationships um what's what's Josh Harris's opinion on this I mean are we doing a better job than we were doing 20 years ago or is it just different
2: you know boy I don't feel like I'm an expert in being able to to answer that the the church is so diverse yeah um I get the sense that at least when I think about the church that I pastored that um there's more of a an openness to maybe just because the culture has shifted so much and everyone's just openly talking about every form of of sexual expression um that there's a there's a move towards greater vulnerability and a and a priority of that but boy every congregation is different you can have two churches right next door to each other with two completely different cultures when it comes to this so i I think one of the things that I think we have to recognize is we're never going to arrive, you know, even the mindset that we're better or worse than a prior generation. I just feel like even being here at school and studying more church history, it's just like every generation is messed up in different ways and is experiencing God's grace in different ways. And we need to divest ourselves of the idea that we are the pinnacle of anything. Mm. or that, you know, we, again, we got, we got it now, you know, even with this documentary, one of the things that we really want to avoid is any, any kind of mindset that says, well, I was wrong 20 years ago, but now here's the answer. You know, right, right. I, I'm hoping that instead it will be, boy, here are the questions that we need to be asking. Here's the deeper level of discussion that we should be having. And let's process some of the mistakes that we can, we can look back and actually see, we, you know, like you guys having conversations with your kids, Uh, It doesn't mean that you have all the answers now, but humbly having those conversations is going to help other people and help you to, to grow right where you are. And I think that's the the best that we can, we can aim for right now.
0: Just continue to have open and honest conversations. Mm -hmm. Well, Hey, it has been a treat to talk to you. It's been great to uh, just kind of touch base on, you know, the history of this book, the history of uh, your life, your ministry and where you are now. We, as podcasters are super excited, uh, to see what's going to come out of this second view of I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And, And we're, we're really hoping that the documentary takes off and that you get a chance to, uh, to have these conversations. And we hope more than just being a documentary that it opens up conversations, uh, deep into Christendom. So Josh, thanks so much for being on the homeschooling in real life podcast.
2: It's been really great to have a conversation with you guys. I feel like I learned and was encouraged, so I, I appreciate the opportunity. I started thinking that the list was all that really mattered. Well, it's that whole way of thinking. Yeah, it's that old way of thinking. Well, it's that old way
0: of thinking. It's holding me. Kendra, I feel as though we were just given a gift um, after we had wrapped up our show. Uh, and it was just a gift to talk to Josh and uh, be able to go into exactly what he was saying, which is hard conversations, you know, to reflect back on the past. I mean, that's essentially what we've been doing as homeschooling parents here. We've reflected back on the decisions we made and really were willing to say, were they, were they all right? Or, right. you know, we've pulled the good from some of those choices in the Mm -hmm, back mm -hmm. and we've been willing to shed off the stuff that we just thought was hokey. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like we were given a gift to have that conversation with Josh and really to, to go in and say, Hey, there, there are some things we probably need to look at. And it's hard because we have to swallow the Siamese cat of pride (laughs) and fear. fear. Yeah. And so what a good treat that was. Any uh, concluding thoughts before we wrap up the show?
1: Fletch, I think at the very end here where we are acknowledging that this is our probably our last. I say probably because we're yeah. not going to want another one, one yeah. in there. But, you know, probably the last interview type episode we're going to do. And I think we just need to throw it out there again and say it over and over and over again. Live as loved.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I'm not even going to add anything to that. All right. Now, here's what you can do. Um, you can... Right back to us, you can email us. But more than anything, I think we want you to head on over to the Kickstarter campaign for this uh, new documentary that Josh is putting together. We believe that this is an important conversation that needs to be had. And if it just takes a few bucks for you to go support it, you should do that. I don't think I was out of line during that interview saying that our listeners are the kind of people that like to have tough discussions and real discussions. So uh, one of the ways you can help, I mean, this podcast is wrapped. So for our listeners that have supported us over the year, why don't you head on over to that Kickstarter campaign and go ahead and, and see if we can get this thing off the ground. We're really excited about it and we think you should be as well. Um, at the same time, we're wrapping up, but there's some other great podcasts out there. We're going to have one more show for you where we say a formal goodbye, but um, we would like you to go on over and check out some of the other podcasts on the ultimate homeschool radio network see if there's um, more people speaking about homeschooling things you want to hear things you want to talk about and at the same time if you want to reach out to us head on over to homeschoolingirl.com you can find all of our social media handles there but if you want to email us it's info at homeschoolingirl.com all right thanks for listening to this episode of homeschooling in real life
2: Hey, this is Joshua Harris. You have been listening to the Homeschooling in a Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them wherever you download your podcast.